All right. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Hello. You plebs, uh, thanks for tuning in on this week's episode of the Bitcoin Made Simple podcast. Uh, This is a little bit of a different episode because right now I'm testing out a million different things that I'm taking to the Bitcoin conference. So right now I have on a microphone, if you can see, well, if you're listening to this, I'll describe this visually the best I can. Like I'll describe this Miller Lite that I'm going to drink. Um, so I have a, like a, they call it a lavalier mic. Um, one that's like a clip on. Probably hear me messing with it now. It goes on um, to someone's shirt, traditionally called a lapel mic. Um, and that, yeah, I mean, I'll show you guys up close here that is what that is and you clip it on right here and bada bing bada boom dumbest guy in the room that is me um i can't get this thing to sit still this looks really professional i just thought you guys would get a kick out of this being that it's happening live. So to give you a rundown, first of all, before I give you a rundown, get a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off your order. And don't worry, the black box does not have any backdoors into your Bitcoin. If you know what I mean. Some of you may have seen the ledger thing come out, but uh Anyways, um, and then also uh, shout out to Upstream Data. Go to upstreamdata.ca and get all your mining gear there. And then shout out to Movies Plus. I may or may not talk about them a little bit, but use promo code Corey. You'll get a year for $25. And you should do that now because a lot of other people have, and you will be happy that you joined. Um, so yeah, to give you guys an idea, so I've been absolutely slammed. So I missed my typical Friday episode. I apologize for that, um, but I wanted to get something out there on the uh, get something out there into the ether, and I've just been so much work to do. And so, what I did right now, I'm at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Jesus, my flight leaves in like a little over twenty four hours, and still so much to do. Anyways. Uh, what I am doing right now is I'm shooting this video in what they call log, which is like the most basic, um, it's like the widest range of uh, video that you can get. And I have a couple lights. So if you see these fancy schmancy lights, because um, I'm going to be at the conference and I'm going to be interviewing some people about some things uh, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm doing some interviews there for uh, a little bit of a documentary. Oh, and also the, the iPhone, that's what I'm shooting on, by the way. Uh, it's an incredibly, it's the newest, best iPhone. Um, but it's the easiest for mobile, for doing, uh, recording on the fly. So anyway, so to, um, you see here, it's on a gimbal. If you know what that is, it goes 
back and forth. Um, it's basically, if you're familiar with the business, it's like a steady cam. So you can walk with it and it keeps the image real steady, but this one's slick. It can do like full 360. So you can get like, you know, look like inception. Um, and, um, yeah, anyway, so I wanted to test everything out before we get, uh, get down there. Cause I, this equipment I ordered, um, usually we have like regular film equipment, but for what I'm doing at the conference, I figured it would be easiest to just take a, a smaller package and the smaller package would be something like this, which is a, using a mobile device, using, um, using uh, a, a pretty small gimbal, but pr still pretty slick. And then these led lights. So, um, this lighting might look horrific. Um, but that's cause I couldn't light myself real well. Um, and, uh, and also I'm still not, I'm not a cinematographer. So basically I'm shooting this in log. What log is, is it's the, uh, from what I understand, it's the basic, it, it, it has the widest range of colors and everything and shadows that you can possibly get in an image. Um, and so I'm using that to, uh, you shoot it and then at, and then in, um, post, you can add something called a LUT, which maybe I'll add that in right now. And if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see the difference. If I didn't add that in and you're watching the video, I apologize. Um, but, uh, the LUT is, um, it's the, the, the color, um, did you ever hear somebody talking about film and like, Oh, it gets color corrected. I mean, you might not have, because honestly, if you're not in the movie business, then why would you have heard of it? Um, and it's quite a complex process. A lot of work goes into it. And, um, and, but now what in the digital age, apparently they just have a lot of presets where you can just slap it on top of video footage and it, uh, color corrects it and it's it's cool so you shoot it in this massive 10 bit uh which is like 10 i don't know how many hundreds of thousands or whatever bits of color and information per pixel um so this video that i'm shooting right now for example if i usually just did like a facetime video off of my computer which is how most of the podcasts are recorded and by the way this is as you know from the beginning this mic if it sounds terrible, I apologize, but I'm testing it out because I'm going to be using it. Um, not my podcast, Mike. So it might sound a little different this episode. Um, but anyways, uh, a typical FaceTime video of my computer, it's like 300 megabytes, you know, a third, one third of a gigabyte, you know, for a half hour, 40 minute recording. Um, this video I'm guessing it's probably going to be close to about a gigabyte per minute. Um, cause there's so much data that goes in, but the reason that there's so much data goes in is that then they dump it into the software, Adobe premiere, whatever you use, and then you can color correct it there. So, um, you can, you know, tweak the exposure. You can play with the shadows so the shadows change colors. You can, you know, if you ever watch like a movie and you see like the windows in the background are all 
lit up, but like you can't see anything outside the window. That's like a, a situation where the they play with the exposure so that the the windows look, you know, like just like white glow. Um, but then sometimes you might want to see what's outside the window. It's all what the director wants you to see. Um, so a really good example of phenomenal color correction and, and color uh, grading um, is the show Better Call Saul and also uh, Breaking Bad. If you watched either of those series, um, you know, they do such a good job of setting the tone. Um, cause the other thing is with color grading, why you have to do it is that the day is not always going to look like you want it to look. So, um, you know, they're shooting in the, the desert, uh, and they want it to look hot. You know, a lot of the scenes in Mexico are very yellow and, and, um, very yellow, very warm looking. Um, and so they, they will, uh, use the color grading to make it look that way you shoot it in a way it's really funny until i really got into this um technical side when i'd work on movies like uh, really early on you'd sit there and you'd look at you'd look at like uh the the monitors they call it a video village where all the monitors are showing all the cameras if there's more than one camera or whatever um where the director will sit so they can you know watch what's happening in frame and, um, and you look at it and you're like, wow, that, that looks kind of flat. Or if somebody sends you something and they're like, Hey, this hasn't been color graded. So don't judge it. Um, if you don't know what color grading is, you're going to sit there and go, what is this flat image? This piece of garbage It's just, it's like, it looks like milky. So if you watch the beginning of this video, maybe I'll have left it in that way. It's like milky. You're just kind of like, what is this? And then. They, they go in and they start to, to dial it into the imagery that they want it to look like. Um, so that's my little lesson. There's price cinematographers listening to this. They're like, shut up, dude. You know nothing of what you speak. Um, but I'm just giving you my little two cents. Um, shooting documentaries, which is what I'm going to kind of be doing with this setup here. I've couple ones. I'll talk to you about what I'm going to do. They're Bitcoin related. Um, but, uh, you know, it's easy to, you don't need as much. You, you're really going for more natural lighting most of the time uh, when you're shooting a documentary. So there's no pressure to make it look, you know, like super stylistic. Uh, you know, you stylize it a little bit, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll see, see how much fun this is messing with this stuff, but maybe I'll shoot it. Maybe I'll shoot a narrative on the iPhone 14. I think that'd be fun. It's totally doable. You just have to be very, if you're doing like a narrative, uh, film, you have to be very, you have to be very on point and definitely have like a, a DP, a director of photography. Sorry. don't want to use acronyms for people that don't know a cinematographer or director of photography is the same thing. Um, they're just, everybody calls them a DP. So you have to have a DP that really knows what they're doing. Um, but it's totally doable. Uh, iPhone 14s are not quite ready to replace full cinematic cameras. Maybe someday. Um, but I mean, uh, there's a reason 
why Christopher Nolan doesn't shoot at an iPhone. Um, but you can pull off some pretty amazing footage. Um, okay, so what I wanted to tell you guys about movies that I'm making. First of all, get a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, just a little Bitcoin news. I don't know if you guys saw, apparently Ledger has a backdoor into the Ledger device where they can get to the Bitcoin whenever they want. Um, I assure you that the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet does not do that. And I would get one because it's simple and easy to use. So it, that's what I love about the Bitcoin Made Simple podcast being sponsored by the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet is that it's pretty darn easy to, to uh, endorse them. There's no, um, you know, like imagine if Ledger was my sponsor and I had to be like, well, sorry, everyone, but this looks like a scam. Um, so anyways, uh, but yeah, so first and foremost, uh, for Movies Plus, we are shooting a little documentary about the, the conference itself. Um, and if you want, if you're listening to this before the conference happens, you can watch the entire conference live streamed on Movies Plus uh, for free. Um, I have to do is sign up with your email, but you can get the free access. You can watch the conference, um, live stream it there. And it, um, the idea was spawned last year whenever I went to the conference and I knew we had these capabilities to live stream it. And then YouTube banned their account randomly and they were like panicking, but they got the YouTube account back up. So nobody missed the live stream, but I, I said to them, I was like, next year, guys, you got to have me stream it on Movies Plus because in the event that that happens again and they want to suppress you on YouTube, all you have to do while you in the background still try to get YouTube up and running, tell everyone to come to Movies Plus to the place that will not censor good Bitcoin talk. Um, so, yeah, so. Uh, doing a little documentary about the conference. Um, I don't want to promise when that'll be out, but it's not going to be like, a, it'll be like a short, you know, like 10 minute uh, thing, you know, just behind the scenes, what it's like, the craziness of everything. Um, I also like kind of hate promising something there because I don't know exactly what I'm going to get. Uh, so it might end up being not great and not worth putting together, which would suck. But uh, the other thing I'm gonna do <clears throat> while I'm there is uh, kick off searching for Satoshi. I mean, I kind of kicked it off already, but you guys know, if you listen to me for a little bit, uh, one of the first things I said to Daniel Prince whenever I went onto his podcast was that I had an idea for a documentary called Searching for Satoshi. and so I figured what better time to start than now. Um, the idea, you know, really to me, the reason behind it and the, the thesis of why to make this film, because honestly, if you're a Bitcoiner, most of us are like, I don't know who Satoshi is. Probably won't find out. Mm, I don't really care. Um, 
I don't know, maybe some of them are interested. My thought, though, is that for the outsider, it's hands down one of the most fascinating aspects to this whole thing. If you're not into Bitcoin, but then it's like, wait a minute, like you have, I don't know, I mean, what would what would Satoshi, I should have done this math ahead of time in case I was going to recall these numbers, but like Satoshi's um, Bitcoin are worth maybe like $30 billion, $3 billion, I might be off by zero, I don't know, probably $30 billion. but um, there you go. 27 billion, uh, whatever the price is now. I don't know. Sometimes I don't check the price for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, it's fascinating, fascinating that the person, this, this person and or group of people created this and just rode off into the sunset quietly without leaving a trace. Um, and you know, there's lots of conversations about what that, what it is you know, is Bitcoin divine? Um, yeah, all, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, you know, I've talked about it before where like, I don't know, maybe God sent it to us because it's kind of the perfect money and it kind of solves a lot of our problems in the world. And it kind of would be the money that God wanted. Um, you know, I always say Jesus would be a Bitcoiner for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, I think the thing that's going to hook in your average person, or as we call them, normies, um, and get them more interested in it. Because I've had this thought recently, but like, I saw somebody tweet earlier today talking about how terrified they were sending their Bitcoin to a cold, to their like cold card. And I was like, you know what? Like, honestly, I don't think most people are ever going to operate or work on their, have their hands in the main chain uh, of Bitcoin. Like when we're talking worldwide population, like things like the lightning network, all that kind of cool stuff will be, you know, it'll still be Bitcoin and it will be things that are on top of Bitcoin, but as far as like main chain transactions, moving things to cold storage, I I don't know if the average person's going to be able to do that. It's just the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, no, nah. like the average person just wants to transact and move on with their life. Um, Bitcoin makes that easier. It also solves the problem of their money getting stolen from them via inflation and a terrible monetary system, but they, they're just not, I mean, most people are not going to want to sit there and cause it, you guys know, I mean, you should have a BitBox by now, but when you send Bitcoin to your cold storage, it is a hair raising moment. It is like, Ooh, ooh like what is going on? Um, you're sending all this money over the internet. It's terrifying. So, you know, I just, uh, I forget where I was going. Oh, so, so anyways, the average Joe is not going to want to sit there and, and get into all that nitty gritty. They're not going to be on Twitter spaces with us 
to all hours of the night. They're not going to be going to the conferences. But what they might do is be interested in figuring out who Satoshi is. Um, so I think it's a fun journey. I think it's also a great way to introduce them to the topic and then ultimately get them along the way to understand that, yeah, probably won't know who Satoshi is, and that's probably a good thing. Um, but I think it'll, you know, open a lot of, open a lot of doors, um, and bring just a little bit more of a mainstream feel to it. Cause if you guys don't know, I mean, like I, I'm producing, uh, the fight for the U S dollar with Pierre Corvin, who actually Pierre and I will be meeting up tomorrow, but, um, and we'll be sharing equipment and working together. So we'll be doing that and then doing this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, you know, Pierre's first one was the great reset and the rise of Bitcoin. So it was obviously super Bitcoin focused. Um, the, the fight for the U S dollar is obviously about the fight for the U S dollar. Um, you know, there's the Bitcoin FUD documentary, um, that get re- gets really into just the details. There's the, I mean, there's just a, a lot of Bitcoin documentaries. Um, and I thought I'd go with a little bit more of a narrative documentary approach here. So with all that being said, um, I am tired and we'll see how this turned out. I just threw these lights up to see if they worked and shot this in the raw footage. So I'll have to color it in the morning before I put it up anywhere. But, uh, yeah, this was my test shoot. So thank you for being a part of it. I really appreciate all of you guys for listening. And uh, if you're going to the conference, hit me up. Hit me up. My DMs are open. Um, I don't know how much free time I'll have. But, uh, you know, maybe we can say hey in the lobby somewhere. Uh, so that'd be pretty cool. So even if you just see me walking by, just shout out. And uh, and I'll uh, I'll be happy to uh, to meet you in person. So... Anyways, get a Bitbox02 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto, and I will talk to you guys later.